pitch to the Center Circle Studio. Tim Van Horn goes studs up into the soccer world where no one is safe. The 18-yard box is wall-free. This is my Three Subs Podcast. A soccer odyssey with your manager, Tim Van Horn. Manchester City is seeing red and feeling the blues after their big weekend tilt at the top of the table. Arsene Wenger, has he found his match in Munich? We'll talk about a possible move to the Bundesliga. And domestic cups, we're all about it. Thank you very much. Yeah, Tim Mulqueen, head coach of Memphis 901 FC, helps us go over the MLS Cup final and look ahead to the USL Championship Cup. I see what you did there. I like it. It's all coming up. I'm with the chairman, Brody Scott. I'm Tim Van Horn. We're standing in the tunnel. We are ready to head to the Center Circle Studio. This is My Three Subs. We'll be back with today's kickoff from the Center Circle Studios. This is My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey. Well, look who's in the podcast studio today. It's the president of Financial Wealth Services and huge Memphis soccer fan, Hal Downing. Hal, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Listen, let's talk about Financial Wealth Services. What do you guys do? We are a source of capital, uh, almost a matchmaker, if you will, between uh, small, medium, large companies and uh, a source of capital for direct investments for high net worth individuals. I know for a fact that you've got a ton of experience in real estate and other aspects of the financial industry, decades of experience, and people can trust you with that. How, how can they pick up the phone and call you? Uh, numbers 901-498-2190. I know that you're a gigantic soccer fan, and probably the only thing you love more than soccer is helping people out. Yes. Uh, 10% of all gross proceeds in my firm go to the Catholic Diocese here in Memphis, and we're also involved in other charities as well. All right. What's that phone number again, and, and, and do you have an email address? 901-498-2190. Email haldowning7 at gmail.com. That's Hal Downing, president of Financial Wealth Services, 901-498-2190. Hal, thanks for coming in, and thanks for being a supporter of this podcast. Really do appreciate you. Thank you. This is My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey. We're underway from the Center Circle Studios. Brody, I mean, we got to jump right into this segment and talk about the match of all matches. If if, if this were Southern football, it, it would have been LSU versus Alabama. Well, yeah, it was. And, the, well, the color scheme was kind of close, too. <laughs> kind of, sort of. There's a little blue in that There's purple. There's a little blue yeah. in the purple. It's just purpley blue. But, no, Man City taking on Liverpool, a very raucous Liverpool. Uh, everything but the moment of silence. Yeah, I, I thought that was extremely respectful. You could have heard for, a pin drop. Yeah, Remembrance Weekend, that was great with the poppies and everything. Setting the stage coming in, Manchester City six points back. They have a much superior goal differential, which come May would come into play big time, especially sure. if they ended up tied in points. However, what was most important for Liverpool was getting three points and not having to worry about that at all. And boy, did they come out on fire after the first five minutes. Yeah, so the score did not reflect the dominance that was Liverpool. Uh, if you watch that match, Liverpool owned Man City the entire match. It got started off with a quick goal by Fabinho, but not without a little bit of controversy oh, from yeah. VAR. And I'm not talking about Van Horn assisted review on no, this. No, you're actually talking about the actual uh, VAR, the, the video assisted referee. So it looked like perhaps Alexander Arnold uh, had handled the ball. They're saying inadvertently. But, of course, that's on one end of the pitch. Manchester City is crying penalty. But Liverpool decides they're going to continue and move up the other end of the field. And then you see Fabinho just hit a rocket from about 25 yards out. past uh, back good at for keeper. about 50. 
Yeah, yeah. It, it, it would have burned the net yeah. from 50 for sure. But Claudio Bravo, the uh, backup goalkeeper from Manchester City, no chance in no. that. In the meantime, Sergio Aguero, Kevin De Bruyne, a whole host of Man City players are crowding the referee claiming, hey, listen, you guys got to take a look at this. We believe there should have been a penalty on the other on end, the other which, end. Would have, which would have negated Fabinho's goal and right. given Manchester City a chance to go up 1-0. At least a PK, yeah. And they go to VAR, and VAR says the yeah. place stands as is. Yeah, it was it was weird. They claimed that uh, it was too bang-bang, if you will, uh, of a play where uh, there wasn't enough time to react to get the hand out of the way. His hand was inadvertently there, but it wasn't like... Uh, he was putting his hand out. I understand what they were saying. Um, I don't necessarily agree with the call, though. It was a strange. It was a strange call because it took a long time. Yeah, I would think if you can't figure out whether or not it was the real deal or not within thirty seconds, then the play stands. You don't, I don't wait under- all day. I, I don't understand why it just takes so long for these VAR. I, I really don't. And I mean, granted, we're armchair quarterbacking, or if you will, the, the the calls, you know, as as they go. But all VAR reviews just seem to take exponentially amount of time. I understand you want to get it right, but it doesn't take that long to get it right. Well, then, then, then you add on added time at the end of each half, and the games continue to go. Uh, on and I have my I have my own quarrel about the. Uh, uh, Added time uh, at in in between the half and in between at the end of the match. Okay, so. penciling in Brody <laughs> Van Horn assisted review end of podcast check. Okay, yeah. all right. So Fabinho, uh, Mosala, Sadio Mane all score in the three one win as uh, Liverpool extends its lead to nine points and teaches a very valuable lesson to Manchester City. You don't stop on the play. You yeah. continue on. Yeah, don't don't complain, guys. Just go play the game. It was uh, it, it was a big day for Liverpool, and it drops Manchester City to fourth. We'll talk about who has leapfrogged ahead of them coming up in a match against Arsenal. Leicester no. was Bester. No, let's not talk like about that? this. Yeah, I, I did. I did like the pun, but no, I don't want to talk about this. Uh, well, we'll go quickly through this just just for your <laughs> sake. Rip the bandaid off. Jamie Vardy continues his league leading form. He, he had his eleventh goal. James Madison, not related to James and Dolly Madison, We're no, yeah, but James Madison also scored in the two 0 win. Leicester is now second, eight points back. And they're level with Chelsea, but with a better goal differential, they sit in second right now. And who would have thunk it after everyone wrote Leicester off the year after they won the league that, ah, this will never happen again. Look who's closest now to Liverpool. They are quickly approaching that top spot. But don't look now. The kids are doing just fine. Tammy Abraham moved into second in the Golden Boot race. Yeah, he's he's great looking, too. He, uh, he, he's one of the fastest at Chelsea to get 10 goals in the Premier League. And Christian, Christian Pulisic also scored as well. Uh, that's his third, third match in a, in a row, which I guess in other breaking news, the sun came up Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah. A 2-0 win against Palace. Abraham has 10 goals. Pulisic has five. And congratulations to Frank Lampard. He was October's manager of the month for the Premier League. Not, not too bad for a guy in only his second year of managing anybody, anybody. or anything. Yeah. He never even managed a fast food place. <laughs> that's, hey, but listen, he's doing it well. He's got the cl- uh, the personnel to do it, too. You know, so, you know, hats off to him. However, he wants more, and in the transfer window, we're going to talk about a potential target if they get that transfer ban lifted for okay. January. Yep. And Roman Abramovich apparently is ready to uh, let go of a few pounds. We'll talk about that mm. coming up. Sheffield United actually looks really good, Brody. They've moved into fifth place. They drew with 14th place Tottenham. Tottenham. That just sounds weird. 14th place Tottenham. Yeah. Uh, Tottenham are now 20 points back of Liverpool, but Sheffield United actually uh, looks very solid right now. Circle Tottenham, they're in trouble. 
Tottenham is in deep trouble. In fact, they may be circling the toilet bowl That's right what I'm now. saying. Yeah, they're, they're in deep trouble. By the way, Manchester United, 3-1 win over Brighton. They sit seventh. And then at the bottom of the table, you got Norwich, Southampton. And then Watford goes from 20th to 18th. They got their first win of the year. In fact, Ben Foster up for candidate for Team of the Week. Uh, good goalkeeping job by him. They're now 18th, but they're still amongst the bottom three. So there's your Premier League for this past week. Now we go to La Liga. La Liga. Things start to look a little familiar, Brody. Look yeah. at the top there. Barca and Real Madrid. Real Madrid. Sitting at, yeah, 25 points. And then you got Atletico and Sevilla at 21, which is more like what we're used to. I don't know if that's a comfort zone or if the cream is finally rising back to the top. Well, I tell you what, cream has definitely hit the top, especially with Messi. Okay, uh, Messi's back, I think. Uh, he's got his hat trick in the 4-1. Against Big. Celta Vigo, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah I, I remember Celta Vigo was was going to be the match that I circled for for Messi to, to really start picking things up again. I know he found his little footing there, right? Yeah, and, and the interesting thing is La Liga is at its best when Barcelona and Real Madrid just kind of have like a, a riff off against each other. Yeah. It's like like dueling banjos. It's like, well, what you can do, I can do better. Because then you have Karim Benzema for Real Madrid. He nets a brace in their four uh, 0 win over Ibar. So they're going neck and neck right now. And Benzema has really been the glue for Real Madrid at this point. As, as Gareth Bale still not back. Hamas Rodriguez still not back I, I, yet. Yet with all this drama, they sit co-leaders with I Barcelona. I, and I, I go- don't understand. Like, yeah. I, well, Why not let him go at this point? I don't know who would pick up that price tag with him. But, I, I mean, what's the point, guys? Yeah, either play, either play him or, or work out a deal. Exactly. You know, get Warren Buffett involved or somebody. <laughs> Somebody's got to have. Just the, get somebody yeah. in. Uh, by the way, Real Sociedad and Sevilla all within two points uh, of of the top uh, as well. So it, it's really uh, cluttered in there in the uh, in the top six. Yeah. Then you got Espanol, Leganes, and Celta Vigo. They are bottom three, and that's what's going on in La Liga. Now we move over to Italy and Ronaldo. We talked we talked Messi, so let's talk Ronaldo. Ronaldo <laughs> was not too thrilled after being yanked from the game 55 minutes in. He was subbed out. Paula Dybala comes in yep. and says, no worry, brah. I got your back. <laughs> pouts, no, he pouts off the pitch. Okay? Because literally he looked like a four-year-old. Okay, time to go home. No! No! Oh, it was the, it was the definition of petulant. He went down the tunnel. He was gone. Yeah. Paulo Dybala steps in. No worries. He nets I the match winner. I got you, bro. Okay. Yeah, 1-0 over AC Milan. Yeah. Uh, and so they stay one point up on Inter Milan, who, by the way, hung on to uh, to beat uh, Verone 2-1, uh, a pair of second-half goals yeah. held there. And then uh, Lazio and Cagliari sit seven back of Inter. And then, by the way, down at the bottom of the table, Mario Balotelli, he's still uh. battling the Verona fans you know he's with Brescia there at bottom 25 points off the top five points but that's gonna be hard to overcome yeah it's gonna be hard to overcome and then he's just dealing with with a bunch of jerks that are that were at that Verona match last weekend who were hurling racial insults and saying that he wasn't truly Italian the man was born in Italy I don't know how much more truly Italian that you you get I I, yeah it's 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 so bizarre in Syria let's move over to the Bundesliga Dortmund got curb stomped. Bayern yeah. Music, uh, Bayern Music, Bayern Munich was playing string music yeah. with the back of the net. Of course, they fired their manager Kovac the previous week, but with an interim manager, they were able to just absolutely hammer uh, Borussia Dortmund four 0 Yeah, so they still need a permanent manager. Robert Lewandowski scored a couple to lead the way as Bayern moved from fourth to a three-way tie for second with Red Bull Leipzig and with Freiburg. Lewandowski, for for all it's worth, probably one of the top top five, maybe top ten strikers in the world. The guy's just really efficient. He's ruthless in front of the goal. He knows how to bend it just right to where that ball looks like, oh no, that's off the mark, and boy does it captivate. Yeah, fantastic. 
player and uh, you know under the right manager you can continue to see Bayern Munich can continue well yeah. Munich is just a tough word for me today <laughs> it, it's just yeah you know if we were if we were doing this at the beginning of the week I guess it would be a Munich Monday instead of a manic Monday yeah, yeah, there you go. but uh, uh, Dortmund dropped all the way down to six behind Hoffenheim oh, yeah. so that that uh, makes up your top six out of the group and we've got a look at some interest in that Bayern job coming up of course in the transfer window with Arsene Wenger. We mentioned that at the very top of the podcast. We'll have that coming up in just a few moments. Over in France, Angel Di Maria continues to act like Angel Di Maria, scoring again. PSG uh, won 2-1 over Brest, and they are eight points clear of Marseille. And by the way, and we're we're going to talk about Champions League in just a second, but they've already qualified for the knockout rounds of the Champions League uh, for the final 16. And they're only one of two teams that have done that. But last week, Boy, there were some fun matches, Brody. Four, yep. four of the six group stage uh, matches are now in the books. Yep. Did you see any of the Chelsea Ajax match last I, week? I, I did. I saw highlights of of the match, and boy, I missed a great one. And I'm sitting there going, "Why did I miss this? This was uh, great football at its finest." How often does a highlight video actually last 15 minutes? Usually, they're two and a <laughs> half minutes. I know, and they're like, "Okay, just settle in because you're going to watch pretty much the entire match." You know, because it was all highlights. You had a four-four draw. Yep, at Stanford Bridge and, and and Chelsea with a huge comeback. It saw also two red cards yeah. for Ajax with the span, within the span of a minute of each other. Uh, the massive comeback for Chelsea helps them get closer to the top of Group H, but they still have a ways to go. Two red cards, and you still managed to pull out the draw. So props, that was huge. Oh uh, yeah, Edwin Vanderzar, who uh, who is who works in the management for for Ajax, of course, the legendary goalkeeper, tweeted after the match how proud. Uh, he was of the boys going in there, and despite things really falling apart, yeah, still leaving with a result in Stamford Bridge, which is no, easy no. Feat. I mean, that, I mean, that's huge. I mean, you have to realize, like, to put the weight on on those few guys up against a full roster. That's props, you know. Yeah, it, it was a huge match. There was another a pretty decent match that went down too. Tottenham may be able to claw their way into the uh, knockout rounds. Hungman Son scored a pair of goals. Remember, he was the guy right. that was red carded and then had that rescinded uh, for Andre Gomez's uh, fractured dislocation against Everton. Ugh, um, he's, he's continuing to offer up subdued goal celebrations, and that was in their 4 0 winning against, I'll try this one, Cervena. Bezda. Yep. Close enough? Could have said it better myself. Sounds great to me. (laughs) I think those celebrations probably likely ring hollow for Everton fans. We'll explain why in the upcoming injury report. And as I mentioned, of the 32 teams or the 32 slots available, PSG has one slot and Bayern Bayern Munich Munich. are the other that have clinched a place in the knockout rounds. The current group leaders are Manchester City, which is good for them. Juventus, Liverpool, Barcelona. Ever heard of these guys? Mm -hmm. Uh, Red Bull, Leipzig. And Ajax, who lead Group H thanks to goal differential ahead of Chelsea and Valencia, they all sit on seven points. So one of those three, somebody's going to topple. Not going to make it. They're going to drop down to yeah. the um, the uh, UEFA Cup. Or the, excuse me, the Europa League. Europa League. I, I, it changes yeah. every few years. But yeah. Yeah, to the, <laughs> yeah, to the to the Europa League, and we'll actually start covering the Europa League. I think right now they're sitting at one thousand twenty-four teams still eligible. <laughs> Once they get down to maybe a nice round number like one hundred and twenty-eight or two hundred and fifty-six, yeah. then we'll start coverage on that. Okay. On the podcast. Right. That's fair enough. But it's on the way. It's on the way. Uh, in Liga MX, uh, Santos Laguna cruise past Cruz Azul. I would just I, that may be my favorite team just because it, that Azul. name. Yeah, it, that name just flows. Yeah, I like that one, Cruz Azul. Cruz Azul. Uh, they uh, Cruz Azul lost three one to Santos Laguna. Uh, Santos goes five points clear at the top of the league. Nicaxa Club America with easy wins to stay within five points. And then Leon took advantage of a Tigres draw and jumped into fourth, one point back of Club America. There's Liga MX for you 
uh, for you Mexico uh, League fans. And by the way, one of, one of the most watched leagues in the United States. So yeah. Do not underestimate. I watched the match. It was Club Tijuana against Monterey mm-hmm. over the weekend. It was a replay, and yeah. it was Star Wars night hey. at Club Tijuana. So they wore the first the jerseys with the first order stormtrooper imprint <laughs> on their jerseys. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think the Jedi were too strong for, for, yeah. for Club Tijuana because Monterey smoked them. Yeah, you, they know that the 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 good guys win, right? Like. Yeah. yeah, probably not a good good look. They didn't get the spoiler alert. <laughs> By the way, Oscar Perea, who was the former manager of FC Dallas, now managing Club Tijuana. So it was good oh, to see a familiar cool. face on there. But but Fox Sports FS2 carries a lot of those matches. So those that's are pretty awesome. fun. U.S. Women's National Team, they've completed their victory tour. Yes. They eased past Sweden 3-2. And also they uh, eased past Co- Costa Rica 6-0 in yeah. their final two matches of 2019. And now, now all attention turns to getting ready for the 2020 Olympics. And Alex Morgan last week said, She's going to have the baby, and then she's going to do everything she can to get back in match fitness to go. Do not doubt her. She will be back, and I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm not willing to put money on the fact that she will be back, but because pundits have told her like she probably will not be back, she will be back. Watch out. She is a special player. If she does not make it, it looks like the women's national team has plenty of firepower. Yes. Harley Lloyd seems to have a GPS of where the goal is. Uh, you want to talk about um, a woman on a mission. That yeah. is ooh, fire. Yeah, she's fantastic. In the upcoming days, look out for the CONCACAF Nations League. It resumes, and the U.S. has called now up several of its European-based players, including Christian Pulisic, Serginho Dest, who's now newly committed yes. to the United States over That's the Netherlands. That's a huge win. And plenty more as they play Canada on the uh, 15th of November and then Cuba on the 19th. Canada leads that group with nine points, Brody. The U.S. has just three points, but they also have a match in hand, so they can still catch up and on goal differential and right. even win that group. Turning to college soccer, it's a frantic time as the Women's College Cup kicks off on November 15th, and that will culminate in the uh, championship on December the 8th. There are 64 teams, including 31 automatic bids that are looking to take Florida State's place on top of the mountain in 2019. So we'll keep we, an eye out. We draw this week, right? The the draw, yeah, the draw will be set, and they will start play on Friday, nice. 15th. So yeah, so it is it is here. We'll have more on the men's side. They're still going through conference tournaments to figure out who's going to be seated and all of that. Right. And that should be starting by by next podcast. We'll have a clearer picture of what's going what that's going to what be. What the men's like. is looking like, and then and then obviously what the women's is doing too. Yeah, absolutely. Because by then it should be down to I think the sixteen teams by then. Much like much like the basketball March Madness. Right. Sure. Should, should be a lot like that. And so that's uh, that's what's going on in the leagues around the world and and uh, around the uh, country. By the way, coming up in a few moments, we have not forgotten no. the MLS final. Of course, recently completing and looking ahead to the USL Championship Cup. Uh, that final match is coming up at the weekend, and we have Memphis Nine Hundred One FC head coach Tim Mulqueen will be joining us in just a few moments to Why talk. Why not talk to a guy who's been there? Done that. And has he ever? <laughs> so, yeah, we'll get him in to talk uh, the MLS and USL stuff, huh? And it'll be coming up in just a few moments. Excited to do that. Let's talk injuries, though. An update on Andres, Andre Gomez. He had successful surgery following that fracture dislocation to his right ankle in the Tottenham match. He is expected to be out the rest of the season, but, you to, don't make, say. but, but to make a full recovery. Yeah, thanks, Sherlock. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he is expected <laughs> to make a full recovery. I think that's probably the even more important that, news. That is the more important. Now, the, there is obviously many advancements with those pins and stuff like that since even when I got injured in high school. And uh, don't get me wrong, I don't think he's going to be back to what he was. That being said. The question is not maybe just physically. But mentally, yeah. I, do you come, you got to get over that? You got to get some minutes logged in. You got to get some running in and some confidence. We hope for the best. Yes, obviously. We will see probably come twenty twenty. 
and the uh, 21 Yeah, I think 2020, up. late 2020, early 2020. All right. Um, other, what happened and, with the Man City goalkeeper? Ederson right. got help, he, he got hurt in the Champions League match in the middle of the week. Right. Which, which was an interesting game, too. We didn't even touch on this a moment ago, but Ederson got hurt, so Claudio Bravo comes into that match. Then he gets red-carded, so Manchester City's down, then down to 10 men. They're winning at this time. Right. So Kyle Walker basically gets his name pulled out of the hat, one of the, one of the fullbacks, or excuse me, one of the center backs for uh, Manchester City, and uh, he has to put the goalie gloves on and the shirt to finish out the match for them and actually made a save. Yeah, I know. He gets a save, but okay, so, uh, but going back to... The thigh injury, I don't think that looked that bad, right? As a pull, as a twist, as a, I mean, it doesn't look like he's going to be that that out that long because no. they're they're on international break now. So you Which is give good it for them. You, you give it another week and a half. They expect that he'll be back in time for the next Premier League match. So maybe the injury could not have happened at other than having to miss the Liverpool match. It could have. That's about the only thing it that could have, could have been made worse. it. It could have been a lot worse, but it could have been better. It could have happened maybe toward the end of the Liverpool match, and he recovered during that. They would have loved to have had him in the Liverpool match, but sure. you take what you get. But as of right now, Kyle Walker, greatest all-time goalkeeping <laughs> uh, goals against average in Manchester City history. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, so congratulations! In fact, some people were, t- were tweeting out, "You guys should have put Kyle Walker in against Liverpool." <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know. But speaking of goalkeeping woes, West Ham. Has some goal, goalkeeping woes of their their own. Yeah, right? Lucas Fabianski, he's still out. He's got he's got a thigh injury as well. They don't expect him back until around Boxing Day. So really, right around that Christmas Boxing Day break, December twenty sixth, December twenty eighth, something like that. And they miss him like crazy because oh. West Ham has been leaking goals like yeah. crazy. They're looking awful right now. They're down to like fourteenth or fifteenth in the table. And they, at one point, they were sitting in the top eight mm-hmm. at least briefly. And Fabianski was a key reason that they finished right around the top 10 last year. They're missing him, uh, but he should be back within the next five to six weeks. Another goalkeeper injury, and this is at Fortuna Dusseldorf. U.S. Men's National Team uh, goalkeeper Zach Steffen is going to be missing the uh, the uh, CONCACAF Nations League because he's got a bit of a knock. It looks like it's a knee, perhaps tendonitis. He's going to be out for a couple of games. Uh, he got on Twitter last week and said, hey, you know, I, I hate that I've got to do this, but I'm going to have to miss these matches. I'm having to miss this for my club as well. Yeah. And long term, it's just good to heal up now. I, I mean, I don't I don't blame him, but get a 10 unit on that thing, man. Let's go. Yeah. So, it, you know, it, I, it'll be interesting to see who they put in goal for the uh, CONCACAF Nations League coming up. And then finally, some 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 good news. Uh, Neymar is expected Yay. back for PSG any day now, as is Jao Felix. For Atletico Madrid, of course, you know, Jao Felix is the wonderkin. He's a young Portuguese player that uh, uh, is, I think he's going to light it up in the uh, the Euros next right. year for 2020. So it should be good. So there's a look at your injuries. Uh, a few transfer rumors. Uh, yeah. Ch- Chelsea are hoping to be cleared to do business again. So that was the big, you know, to do is that they got, you know, axed from doing any kind of trade. Um, and I guess that deadline is up now. That, that well, you know, deadlock is up. They're hoping. They're, they're hoping to get that ban lifted. For January, you know, they were in trouble because of some of their, I guess, their practices with some of their youth players, right. sending them out on loan and, and, and some of the things that they had done. Well, they're ready to splash out $70 million to get Jeez. Lazio midfielder Sergei Malinkovic-Savage. He was he, he helped them win the Copa. I'm glad. Are you glad I, I said that? No, I, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Lazio, Lazio got the Copa Italia last year in Lampard. 
uh, said he would like a little bit more help in midfield. It's no offense to the youngsters, but with a young club, he's hoping to get a little bit more depth. When you get experience in that midfield, it it makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, and keep an eye on Golo Conte. is probably going to be running that midfield very soon for, for Chelsea and getting more minutes out there as he's recovering and should be back any day. Ross Barkley as well. So, really... If, if they can get him, that would be a little bit of a late Christmas present, but it would yeah. bolster their midfield. And at this time, who's going to challenge Liverpool? Is it? it I, I'm not sure it's Manchester City. It might be Leicester. But, hey, at this point, if I'm Chelsea, I'm playing with house money. Why not? Well, and Why not? And you definitely don't want to play Liverpool at home. That place is raucous, and I would not want to play there. I just wouldn't. You can't hear yourself think the, the ground shakes. You know, half the goals are scored because of just the air moving in the stadium. So, yeah, I wouldn't want to play in Liverpool. It is an incredible place to play, to go to the cop and uh, and play. But Stamford Bridge, they want to make that a fortress again. Maybe that happens in January. Arsene Wenger, by the way, former Arsenal manager, expressed some interest in managing Bayern Munich. And, and Bayern are keen to find a permanent manager. However, it is rumored that Bayern only want to give him a contract through the end of the season to see how it goes. Eesh. And Wenger says... Uh, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, no, that no, is not for you. me. I think I want a full contract. Yeah. So I, I, that does not look like that's going to be a no, match in not. Munich. Manchester United fans were disappointed that they didn't land Englishman Jaden Sancho from Dortmund in the summer, and now they're trying to take matters <laughs> into their own hands. No, they're not trying to kidnap Jaden <laughs> Sancho. Uh, although, You're coming with us. No, I don't want to. Yes, you are. <laughs> Get in the van. No! <laughs> Waiting out in the players' lot after the match. Well, Man U fans immediately went into full social media frenzy this past week and sending messages <laughs> of support after Sancho immediately was subbed off uh, during the first half of their match against Bayern Munich. Bayern won that one 4-0. It's not that Sancho did anything wrong. The manager wanted to make some tactical changes. Sancho came off, and Man U fans said, hey, this guy came off the field. Let's hey, slide, let's, let's slide into his DMs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, we'll see if if uh, Sancho is going to continue to be a target. You know, they're still talking also to Zlatan. Yeah. Maybe coming back for a uh, reunion at Manchester United. And then finally, we got some MLS news for you as well. Hey. Nashville, of course, starts uh, next season. And MLS they've signed Club. veteran midfielder Dax McCarty. He's been with the Chicago Fire for the last few seasons. And they're looking to add some stability to their midfield in preparation of their 2020 debut. It's a smart play because you really want a good spine on an expansion team. You've got to have somebody that can can take control of the midfield, keeps everybody calm because things are going to be very excitable. The first several matches as an expansion team, even with other veterans, you got to have a leader out there, and, and he is... Uh, shown that he can do that, and, and he's played with Bastian Schweinsteiger the last few years at Chicago. Yeah, uh, and he's he's teamed up. He's with a him strong. Well. He's a strong midfielder. He's he's a good spine, like you said, for that you know crazy feeling that's going to be there. That crowd's going to be nuts. I think um, my brother and I are both uh, probably going to head to a couple uh, matches over there in Nashville. Too. I think it's going to be exciting, and, and yeah. we'll make an effort, of course, to, to reach out to some of their people, sure, and, and, and talk to them here yeah. as well. But Dax McCarty's not going to get you goals, but he'll sit in front of that back four and help distribute the ball and limit the mistakes. And when you're an expansion team, that's going to be critical. Yeah, you want you want a, a kind of a, a, a puppeteer when it comes down to that midfield position there. For and Dax is the guy to do that kind of point out where where the guys need to be, how they need to be there, and, and what needs to go on. A captain, if you will. I think that's an absolutely great point. You know, before we go any further, we actually have been checking social media. It's been blowing up. We've got a little bit of breaking news. You know, we mentioned that Greg Berhalter was calling in the Europe-based players in for the Nations League that starts up uh, over the weekend. Right. It looks like Christian Pulisic's going to be out. Also, Michael Bradley, both respectively, due to injuries. And we that saw Michael, hurts. Michael Bradley put in a ton of miles in that in an MLS Cup final. We'll talk about that 
in uh, just a moment. But somebody very familiar with the national team, very familiar yes. with the MLS and, no and also USL, our friend. Uh, coach. Call, yes. Well, people call him Mulch, but today we call him special guest, our friend Tim Mulqueen, the yeah. head coach of Memphis 901 FC. Mulch, good to see you. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Uh, you know, having listened to you guys throughout, uh, you know, it's just great to be here and uh, to participate and talk soccer, something I like to do. <laughs> now, now did you, I'm not asking you to second guess, but if you were, I, I would guess you, you maybe at least casually know or, or more than casually know who Greg Burhalter is and how he operates. Without Polisic and without Bradley, Tim Weah, uh, Tyler Adams, who who, who are they going to look at? Fill in for who's left for, for Bradley and Polisic? If you're if you're Burhalter, I'm not asking you to second guess him, but thinking the way he thinks, what what would he probably well, do? Well, I think what he's going to do is uh, is go with people he's familiar with. So I, I would see Christian Roldan in there. I'd see Will Trapp get another run out in there uh, to take up those two spots. And then I think what he'll do is. Uh, potentially take it like he likes to do. He likes to take his outside backs, press them high, and then bring some wingers inside. So you may see more of a, a three-front where like a Jesse uh, Zardis, I mean, a, uh, Zardis comes in and plays more of like a false nine underneath to help bridge the gap between the midfielders yeah. uh, and, and kind of like uh, Pulisic does as well. Sure. So he'll try to do that. But I think Will Trapp and Roldan will take up that midfield role uh, for Michael Bradley. Uh, because, like you said, Michael covers a lot of ground, so you, I mean you'll have to replace that. Any any additional touches you think for Legit? Yeah, I think you know. Look, I love Sebastian. He was with me in the under twenty national team. I think he's a special player. Um, I would love to see him run out as a as a true number ten um, in Greg's system. Um, they kind of don't really play with a true number ten in that system, but uh, he'd be a perfect fit for it. I think he's going to get a run out though, um, and I think he's a special player. I think, given confidence, he can he can pull the strings. It's going to be interesting. Nations League. U.S. needs a win against Canada. Got to, got to get a win. I think Cuba is going to be pretty – I think that's going to be a pretty simple take care of Okay, on paper, it looks like OW, but, hey, listen, we've been disappointed in the past and, and very recently in the past. And, and, by the way, some other breaking news. Raheem Sterling looks like he's going to miss out on the first Euro qualifiers for England because he had a dust-up with Joe Gomez. You know, things got a, got a little testy in the Manchester City – Liverpool match and it spilled over into the canteen yeah. at St. George's Park. <laughs> yeah, you know, having been a part of national teams when uh, you know, with MLS rivalries and certainly not as as, you know, high profile as Man City Liverpool, but that stuff happens and you know, as a manager it's a very difficult thing to to blend uh, players from all different club environments and especially with the rivalries in England. I mean, I think people overlook sometimes the selection, the the, the amount of information that goes into your selection. Yeah. Um, because you have to have guys who are willing to put that aside for the greater good of your national team. But and as a manager, you should know, right? Yeah, you have to know. You, 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 know, to you know. know that these guys, they're probably going to... So how do you how do you quelch that well, in the locker room? I, I, or I'll tell you what, I, I mean, for me, uh, if that was my team, I would have had a, a Sunday phone conversation with both Sterling and Gomez early on and said, look, I know you got into it at the end of the match. It does not come into our camp. Because Stop if it here. does come into camp, you're not playing. It's See, that simple. Buck stops with mulch well, I mean, you, you have to because if you don't lay down that ground, it, that I mean, now... Now he has to punish Sterling out in the open. Yeah. You know, which yeah. you don't want to do to a player, right? right? Now he has to come out on social media and apologize and say everything was, you know, overblown, which it probably wasn't. I mean, it was no. probably worse than what they're saying. Right. Um, you know, a lot. he said it was 10 or 15 seconds. I, I, I'm i from New Jersey. I've seen a lot of guys get beat up in 15 seconds. <laughs> right. So a lot yeah. can happen. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think that's got to be nipped before the guys get to camp, you know. Um, but going back to our national team real quick about the two the two games coming up, 
Um, I know we lost to Canada in Canada, but if we can't beat Canada at home, then we have to really reevaluate where we're at. <laughs> I mean, to be quite honest, I mean, well, uh, I mean, but we are missing Paul. Sec- I mean, he's my fave. Yeah, look, you know, I mean, he's he's the golden boy, if you will. I call him one of the greats. Say what you will about Zardis, he can score goals. He's Zardis yeah, can. capable. Hey. You you get somebody on the wing that gets him the ball. He can score goals. They have enough talent out there. To Coach, me, though, Pulisic is, is is the quintessential, though, U.S. player where he grounds and pounds, but he also can find the back of the net when he needs to. Right. I think for me, the, what's the telltale sign is will they come out and compete? Because that was the that was the issue in Canada. It wasn't our lack of ability. It was our lack of urgency and competitive spirit. Where does that come from? Is that, I, that, is that I, manager? Or is you that... know, I, I think as a manager myself, I think we're always responsible for that. Okay. You know, you have to be. Um, you know, you have to make sure that your team rolls. I mean, first and foremost, we call you have to earn the right to play. Mm. And the only way you earn your right to play is winning your duels, winning second balls, and then playing soccer after that. Uh, and we didn't do any of that. And that's why we came up on a, you know, a, you know, two zero, you know, uh, loss. So that has to happen first. Back me up on this, coach. Canada attacks well, but really the only way that they can really beat us is if they get a lead and defend in numbers. Right. I mean, superior. Yeah. Tactically, we should be in good shape. For this yeah, speed, I mean, right? look, I think the area where they're very good and they don't get enough credit is they're attacking three. You know, um, you know, they're very, very special in the, the front three. But, you know, we have, I mean, veteran center backs and veteran players in the back that should be able to deal with that. You know, And yeah. then we should really punish them, though, going the other way because those three, even though they're very talented in the attack, they don't offer much defensively. Right. So now we should be able to expose them going the other way. We but shouldn't again, need to drop that correct, midfielder correct. back in the four. Like, and- right. So for me, if, if I was Greg, and again, I, I don't tend to be Greg or, or have his ability, but um, I would go, especially after the way we played in Canada, right. I would go out and look to punch him in the nose right away. Yeah. I'd go out, I'd step on him, I'd make yeah. the game ugly. Yeah. I'd go, this is why he's my coach. <laughs> I'd this go, is why he's my coach, Tim. I'd go right after him and say, look, you're on our soil now. This is going to be a long night for you. <laughs> Not only does he know about goalkeeping, he actually freaking wrote the book about it. Literally. <laughs> no, he, he, he's, got Amazon. he's got it under the pen name of Timothy Mulqueen. He tries to hide it. But, yeah. but uh, with Zach Steffen out, uh, Guzan, uh, who else is in the mix? Maybe Sean Johnson in the mix. I right. Guess, probably. In the right. You know, I've had both Sean and Brad. I had Brad with the Olympic team in 2008, and I had Sean with the under-20s in 2009. Um, both are very talented. For me, though, if this is a one-off game where I had to win, I'm going with Brad. I mean, he's mm. got experience. He's played in Premier League. He's not going to be phased by the occasion. Um, you know, he's a leader. He's an organizer. You know, if anybody could sort out that back four against their attacking three, it's Brad. And that's the one thing, you know, with Zach Steffen, you know, um, be careful what you wish for. You know, you want to be the number one. You want to be thrown, you know, uh, our greatest goalkeeper, Tim Howard, you know, he was that's consistently great over, you know, a 22-year career but sure. he had to work for it like he sat behind Casey Keller Brad Friedel until he got his chance yep. um, I don't think Zach should be thrown or handed the keys to the number one jersey week in week out um, with Brad still eligible to play because Brad has a lot to offer I think there should be a healthy competition for that spot between the two maybe sooner rather than later he starts maybe earning his chops because he's over in the Bundesliga now and right and he's he, uh, in time he's going to season up and and probably be that successor, or at least have that opportunity. It'll, it'll rest on him. Right. I mean, look, he's super talented. He is playing week in, week out now in the Bundesliga, which is great. I don't doubt Zach Steffen. I just think right. every goalkeeper that I've worked with, uh, and I've been blessed to work with 
Um, every drop goal. names. Just drop them. <laughs> Just drop them. <laughs> drop them. Uh, Tony Miola, yeah. Casey Keller, uh, Tim Howard. Keep them coming. Sean Johnson, Billy Hamid. <laughs> um, so... Just to name, just to name a few. Um, it's not name dropping when it's live. I mean, I mean, he can't. It's not like bragging. It's just, I mean, he's. Well, I've been blessed. He I've produces blessed. golden gloves. That's all he does. I almost I, stuck a goalie glove on Mike Four here just to see <laughs> if he'd he noticed. I, I've been, I've been blessed. But like all those guys, they've gotten to where they are because someone's been behind them, prodding them with the poker stick. Yeah. Um, and that brings out the best of them. And I just want the same thing for Zach. I guess we'll find out, of course, Nations League on the way. we got to turn our attention. We look in the rearview mirror to the MLS Cup Final, over 69,000 in Seattle. In fact, they did uh, a little bit of a geological survey. They had some seismometers in and outside CenturyLink Field, and every time that uh, Seattle scored, it was registering something fierce. Largest attended sporting event in the state of Washington in history. The only now, thing that's ever that's outdrawn it is a U2 concert. A U2 concert, which they had people on the field. So how they managed to rock, we'll just say seventy k there, right. right? They they had people on shoulders. <laughs> I mean, OSHA got to pay off. Maybe OSHA had looked the other way. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, three to one in that one. Um, a lot of late goals, though. Yeah, first half, though, seemed like it was pretty deadlocked. Did you didn't see much of that one, Mulch? Yeah, I did. I mean, look, I watched the game. Um, I thought Toronto came out and had a very good game plan to frustrate uh, Seattle and take the crowd out of it. They played high up, which yeah. I think took Seattle by surprise. You know, they didn't come in and bunker in, which was what everybody had kind of anticipated Toronto would do. Well, that's been their M.O. pretty much the whole season. the whole thing, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, when they came out and stepped up the pressure, and I, I saw Michael Bradley's quote, and, and I agreed with him. Like, until they scored... I don't think Seattle really had a bona fide um, series of attacks over midfield. Uh, they had some possession, but was in their end. So uh, I thought the goal um, was a bit controversial for me. With Leardam? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. look, I, I, if I'm if I'm Toronto, I want that call. I mean, uh, that for me, what makes it a foul for me is Roldan makes no attempt to recover the ball. He just steps in front uh, of Osario and doesn't doesn't allow him to get the to ball it. was close though. Yeah, but you got to make it for me. If I was Toronto, I'd be up in arms. But having said that, I Ball's think... Ball's closed by proxy. Correct. And I think Seattle, <laughs> if it went the other way, Seattle would certainly have their hand up claiming foul as well, sure. you know? Um, but look, there was also 45 seconds that went on after that, yeah. Whereas, sure. yeah. where Toronto could have made a play. Sure. Uh, and then it's unfortunate that it ricochets off. I mean, I don't know how he's getting credit for that goal, by I the way. I thought only God gave that I mean, much grace. <laughs> how, how is that not an own goal? <laughs> well, that, see, I think that's... I honestly do think it's credited as an own goal because it has to it be. has to yeah. be I mean, I, yeah. I, mean, I mean look in my playing days if i was in goal if i was westbrook look that's an own goal man yeah. I'm, I'm throwing my guy under the bus yeah there's no way i'm claiming that one yeah i mean it took what at least one deflection maybe a second one on the way in the definitive one of course is the one that, that, that comes off a shoot it, it looked off more shoot. like it was going to be a cross more than anything yeah. else and yeah then, and then but, boom yeah but it was a great result it was a yeah. great game great uh statement for the league um, you know, haven't played in that game in 2000, 2004. The league's come a long way. Um, you know, we, we won it in 2000 at RFK Stadium. Neutral site was 40,000 people, uh, which was great. But, you know, to have 70,000 people, you know, and winning in front of your home fans, it's just oh, a great testament huge, right? for the league. It's yeah. just great. And I thought, I, honestly, I thought Seattle um, from the last part of the season all the way through was consistent. You know, they took their chance as well. Uh, they have a hot center forward in uh, Rudaz, and, you know, you get a guy like that who occupies people, then you can get Rodriguez to get the second underneath because attention's not on him. So uh, it was a great win for Toronto. I mean, I thought, um, I mean, for Seattle, I thought Toronto gave a good account of themselves throughout the playoffs. 
And uh, you looked at Toronto's. I mean, they beat an ATL team that, quite honestly, I thought ATL was was headed to the final. Yeah, I think yeah. we all did, you know. But it, look, Toronto knows how to win. Yeah. And Greg Vanny has done a great job. Both those organizations, the last four years, have been the tops. Um, but I think now you're going to look at Toronto, and, and they will not be the same group next year. Really? Yeah, I think Michael Bradley's done. I think you'll see him in LAFC. Wow. I'd bet my house on it. Yeah. Um, and that will be interesting because, you know, Bob likes to press. Michael's days of pressing, I think, are done. Yeah. But I think that's where he's going to end up. I think Josie may find a new home, uh, maybe enter Miami. He's from Miami. Right. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. I think, I think it's time to shuffle the deck in Toronto. All right. Well, you heard it here with, with a Tim Moquin. That's the other league, the MLS. Let's talk about the USL. That's what we want to talk to about home. because the domestic season is not done. There's one more game. The final. Louisville and Real left it late in their respective conference finals. It's going to be Louisville hosting Real Monarchs. I'm shocked that Real has made it. I thought Phoenix was – you could pencil them in on the western half, Mulch. But this Sunday – Louisville goes for the three-peat. What should we be looking for in this one? Well, I mean, this is going to be uh, an open game. I mean, Louisville and and uh, Real both like to get forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Louisville will carry the day because I think they're better balanced. Um, the West concedes a ton of chances. The way those teams play, it's like it is literally the Wild West. Yeah. I mean, they're not, they're not afraid to win games 5-4. Um, you know, they'll go after it. Uh, Louisville will go after it too, but they'll go about it in a smart way. Um, you know, I think Louisville's back line when we play, I mean, gee whiz, when Memphis 901 FC played them, that back line was just, I mean, a brick. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we had two close games with them, but, you know, having said that, we didn't carve out many opportunities, as you said, because they are very organized. John does a great job. Hackworth, as their manager, does a great job. Uh, I'm happy for them to get back in because it was a split season between two coaches last year. Um, so I'm glad that John gets his, his uh, fair shake here and uh, representing the club in the final. I think Salt Lake has been been fabulous in the playoffs. Again, I had Phoenix all the way through yeah. to the final. I mean, the 20-game unbeaten streak. I mean, how, how can you go against them? Well, but, I had Phoenix and Indy because, I mean, literally, Indy, well, Indy would run it. You could have penciled Easily. them in or Nashville or Pittsburgh. Any, there was a top four that was fantastic yeah. in the East this year. Yeah, I, I think. Any, but in you getting these one-offs and, you know, things get tight. People and have a bad day. People and, have a bad day. And then, you know, look, people react differently under stress. And, so, you know, anything can happen on – on a one-off, and you saw that in Phoenix. I mean, they got the, they got the, you know, the PK shakeup early on, yeah. and uh, you thought that may wake them up, but you know, it doesn't happen. You know, and they're out. So, uh, and then Louisville, look, they won at Pittsburgh and at Indy. Man, I mean, that's hard, brutal. That's hard, brutal. Uh, but that's a resolve of a champion. You know, they've been there. They they know how to win. And you know, honestly, uh, you know, being from the East Conference, we want we, we're going to be rooting for Louisville. Sure. Um, you know, because we want to crack at the defending champs next year. Yeah, absolutely. Like Tim Mulqueen, like Memphis 901 FC, and uh, season tickets are now on sale, of course, at Memphis901FC.com. And uh, season starts in March. Coach, uh, would love to have you back uh, very, very soon. Would love to just sit down and talk with you about the state of the team, just talk about you, do a little bit of deep dive. Hey, how are you doing? And, of course, uh, uh, find out uh, what we can expect in 2020. If you have some time, we'd love to roll out that welcome mat. I would love to do it. Um, I'm yours whenever you want me. This is great. My man. All right, there's Mulch, Tim Mulqueen. Thank you very much. Thank you guys very much. (laughs) You're such a dad joke. And that takes us to the half. More next on My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey. The watchers have observed. The council has convened. 
the gathering of geeks converges, and they're set to discuss everything happening in the geekdom. Tank locked, loaded. Get the latest on everything in the Geek Universe with the Geek Patrol. The Geek Patrol is on Geek Tank Radio. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. This is a KISS original. Only on 1019kissfm.com.